Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All right, you guys. Well, welcome. Let's uh, let's get on to the matter at hand, which is reading the Word of God. First Timothy chapter two, and uh, fairly short chapter today. But man, is it a landmine! I look. I just I'm I'm I, it's I'm. There's so many opportunities right in the next few minutes for me to get in trouble. I don't even I don't even know where to start. And let me start by saying, let me start by saying, this is one of the most confusing passages in the Bible. There's a lot we don't understand about it. it um, and so there, there's even in the Greek Greek uh, text, there's even words that aren't used anywhere else in the Bible. So like, you know, often when you're doing uh, biblical interpretation, you 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 look how the a word is used in one area, you compare it to how it's used in another area. It helps you understand what is meant. But there are some unique words that are no, they're used nowhere else except in First Timothy chapter two. So uh, some of that, you know, interbiblical study, um, you really can't do, um, at least in terms of word to word. But um, but just the context, I think, is incredibly important. The biblical message overall is very important. So um, we'll get into it as we as we get into it. Uh, but the context is very important. Uh, Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy's in Ephesus. Ephesus is home to a uh, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, which uh, was the Temple of Diana or Artemis. Artemis. Um, so the Temple of Artemis was in Ephesus, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Artemis was a uh, goddess of fertility and childbirth, among other things. Um, but ancient statues you can find of uh, Artemis with uh, a necklace of eggs around her. She was the goddess of fertility. So worshipers would come from all over um, worshiping Artemis, this goddess of fertility. Uh Women had a very pronounced role uh, in uh, temple worship in Artemis. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit more about this, but all of that is going to play in. And a lot of scholars believe that plays into a lot of what's being discussed here. Like there's something going on, particularly with, with the ladies and the men in the church in Ephesus. And Paul gives some uh, teaching that we like. Or what? It, so we're like, what does that mean? Well, let's, let's dive in. There's some good stuff in here, though. Good stuff in here. Some good principles for us to apply to our lives. So, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. We step into uh, messes sometimes. That's what we do. I'm liable to do that today. So. But let's let's see let's see what happens. You guys, you guys, be ready to extend some mercy, particularly ladies. All my dear sisters in Christ, I need y'all to be, give a little bit of grace, all right? 
Be ready. All right. All right. You promised. All right. Here we go. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. All right. So pray for everybody. Those sisters do scare me, Pastor Tim. That's the problem. They do scare me. Um, especially when I know what's coming. <laughs> uh, whoo, whoo, it's getting hot in here. Somebody turn on the air conditioner. Uh, <clears throat> uh, all right. Never mind. That's all we're going to do today, guys. Let's go ahead and pray and wrap this up. It's going to be a show. Oh, I got it. Look at that time. Look at the time. I got to go. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> all right. But Paul says, uh, I urge you, first of all, that with all with with petitions, prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people, especially the pastor. When he's trying to read this passage, make sure you pray prayers of intercession for the pastor when he reads these passages. Hey, I'm all people. Um, but anyway. We should pray for our leaders, right? Verse two, for kings and those in authority. We have an obligation as Christian uh, disciples to pray for our president. Don't care who the president is. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our, our local leaders. We pray for, pray for our, our uh, government leaders, our uh, civic leaders, national leaders. We pray for them. We prayed for Donald Trump when he was president. We pray for Joe Biden as the president now. We'll pray for the next president. We have an obligation to pray for our leaders. Why? Pray for kings and all those in authority. In authority, that's a big thing here. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. That's what we're praying we're praying for leaders to make wise decisions so that we can live peacefully and quietly in all godliness and holiness. Yeah. Um, this is good. To what? What's good? To pray for your leaders. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. What's the primary outcome God wants from uh, godly authorities and kings is so that it makes it possible for people to come to Christ so that people can be saved. He wants governments, stable governments, good governments, godly governments, um, healthy governments, healthy leaders, so that within their reign, within their governments, ultimately people can be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That's the most important thing. For there is one God... This is important. Remember, this is important for us today, but put this in the context of Ephesus. You got the temple Artemis, seven wonders of the world. Worshippers are coming from all over the place to worship Artemis, crying out to her for uh, for for childbearing, for to, for the fertility, uh, crying out to this goddess for uh, reproductive blessing, all that stuff. And so he says, "Look, there's only one God, and there's only one mediator between God and mankind." And it's not 
Artemis. It's the man Christ Jesus. Who gave himself as a ransom for all people? Now, all this all this language is loaded, y'all, because again, the temple of Artemis was female-driven, obviously a goddess, and 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 um, um, females, and uh, was elevated, and they went to a, a female goddess. Goddess to be blessed. And look what Paul says. These All of these words are important. There is one God and one mediator between God and mankind. Who? The man, Christ Jesus. Not the woman, Artemis. Come on. Not the woman, Artemis, but the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Uh-huh. This is so, this isn't new, Bob, what's Paul going to say? He's saying, this ain't new. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. That's what I've been called to do, tell the story. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. And a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. All right. So now he's going to go into this proper order of worship. Remember, in this, imagine, it's hard to imagine, but you can just kind of let your mind wander a little bit. You got this temple to Artemis, all these were as culture where, you know, fertility and, and childbirth and, and goddesses and, and, um, and, and, and uh, mythology, all of this, uh, yeah, I mean, Artemis, Artemis, Diana, same person. They're, they're worshiping this in this culture. And there's so much confusion between men and women. Um, women have been elevated to a place almost of deity. Men have been devalued to, in fact, they changed in, in, in Artemis. The, uh, the sin didn't come through a man or didn't come through a woman. It came through a man. Which is why Paul is going to say later about the creation story. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Women are not without sin. But in the in the in the Artemis worship, sin entered the human entered through men. Men were the problem. Now I'm not always telling you that's the that's wrong. Care about men being the problem because Lord knows men are often the problem. Uh, about forty five percent of the time. Now I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Most of the time. So, so there's some confusion in that culture. Even it's going into the church about men and women. So watch this. Verse 8. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray. Come on, men. Step it up, bro. That's what he's saying. Stop sitting in the background. This ain't, this ain't Artemis worship. This is the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ, the man Christ Jesus. Get off your couch. Get Stand on your feet. Raise your dang hands and praise the Lord Jesus. <laughs> stop letting stop stop sitting back and letting the women do everything. That still happens today, man. That still happens today. Still happens today in the church. Thank God for the women. Because 75% of the work gets done by the women. 
But verse 8 says, I want men everywhere to pray. Praying ain't a woman thing. Praying, praying is, a, is a human thing. So men, get off your butt and start praying. Lead your family in prayer. I want men everywhere to pray. Lifting up holy hands without anger and disputing. I also want, oh, oh Lord, I got to go, y'all. Oh, yeah, I got to go. Man, y'all step it up. I'll talk to y'all later. I got to go. Hey, there's my ride. I'll be, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Here we go. Let's go. I also want women to dress modestly. That ain't too much to ask. With decency and propriety. Ain't that ain't crazy. Hey, it's not a crazy request. Adorning themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds. Appropriate for women who profess to worship God. Key word, those who profess to worship God. Because in the worship of Artemis, they did all that stuff. They did, they did themselves all up. They, they put on these all this fancy and exotic stuff to go worship at Artemis' temple. Paul's like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what our worship is about. If the biggest question when you go to church is, how do I look? Then you're asking the wrong question. Oh, 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 how do I look? I... The most important question is, are, I'm ready to work. Am I ready to worship? Am I ready to give my heart and, and adoration and devotion to Jesus? But he's like, look, guys, I want you to get off your butts. And I want you to start worshiping God. Stop sitting in the background, acting like, you, you know, looking at your belly buttons. Get up and worship God. Turn the game off. You can wait on the game. Get your butt up. Start worshiping Jesus and lift your hands up. Yes, you can lift your hands up. Lift your little hands up. When you go to a sporting event, you go, you lift your hands up. Now go. When you go to worship, you lift your, lift your little hands up without anger and disputing. And ladies, you're not going to worship Artemis. You're going to worship Jesus. So it's not about adorning yourself with all this stuff. It's about being using some propriety and modesty and adorn yourself with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, this next part, going bound to, bound to get me run out of town right here. <laughs> hey, I didn't write it. I'm just telling, we're just going to read it together. I didn't write it. I'm trying to understand it. But this is what he said. But it's going to make more sense when you when you understand Artemis, Artemis, and and Diana, Artemis, a woman. Verse eleven. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I I bet there ain't a lady on this call right on this uh, podcast right now got that verse underlined. How many? To be honest. Now, every man got to underline that. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Can I just give me a highlighter, honey? I need a highlighter. Let it. Oh, yeah. Let me underline that. But a woman Bible. Yeah, it ain't highlighted. They don't even know that's in there. <laughs> but the but the men like, oh, that's a word of God right there. That's the word. Of, that's the holy word of God right there. It says that a woman should learn in quiet, full submission. 
<laughs> Thanks be to the Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know none of you ladies got that on the line. You skipped that part. Like, I don't even want that. Um, this then the next verse it gets even better, y'all. It gets even better. <laughs> I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over man. She must be quiet. Somebody just spit their coffee out. I told you it's hard to understand, people. I'm telling you, it's hard to understand. Some old boy out there, he's like, I ain't hard to understand. It makes perfect sense to me. What's the problem? Oh boy, you're gonna get hurt. Boy, you don't if you don't understand the problem, you're gonna get hurt. You are going, you about to step, you about to get injured. <laughs> You're about, you're about to get seriously injured. <laughs> All right. So let's 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 uh let's unpack this a little bit. Um now I think it's always important when we read things in the Bible that don't seem to like jive to ask what the bib the larger biblical story says and in other places. Now when Paul says in verse 12, I do not permit a woman to teach or assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. We know that is not a universal principle of Paul. We know that because there are other places in the Bible where Paul um, lifts up prophetesses and women in ministry. In fact, the book of Romans was delivered to the Roman church by a woman named Phoebe. The first person to carry the letter of Romans, which was probably the most uh, you could you could argue is the most uh, important New Testament treatise on Christian theology, was carried by Phoebe, a woman, to Rome, and it was understood in that culture nine times out of ten, even a higher really, it would be incredibly uncommon for the person who carried that letter to not be the first one to read that letter to the community. So you got Phoebe who carries the letter to the Romans, and it's probably the very first person to ever, ever expound upon the book of Romans, a woman. Okay. If Paul's not a good enough answer, go back to Jesus. At the empty tomb, when Easter morning when the Mary and Martha come to the empty tomb and they see the risen Lord. Jesus didn't say, you got to be quiet. You can't tell nobody nothing. You got to just go get somebody that I can actually talk to because you, you know, you're a woman. You got to be quiet. No, he said, go tell everybody. Go tell the brothers what you've seen and heard. The ones that are scared. Go tell them. So women were the first to announce the resurrection of Jesus. A woman first to read Publicly, the letter of to the Romans, a woman, women, the first to announce the resurrection of Jesus. So Paul elevates the teaching and the uh, the prophetic ministry of women. So we know it. It's not a universal. It, it can't be a universal thing. It's got to be contextual. There has to be something going on in Ephesus, in Timothy's ministry. Remember, this is written to Timothy, a pastor in Ephesus. There's something going on in the Ephesian church that Paul is giving Timothy some advice about that so that, why? So that people can be saved, so that there's order, so that there's a there's a disconnect or a, uh, not a disconnect, but a, a the differentiation between Artemis worship or Artemis worship and the worship of Jesus. So Paul's making, trying to make it 
uh, making a differentiation. I do not permit a woman to teach or assume authority over a man. Why? Because it was totally reversed. There was a there was an unhealthy reversal in the culture in Ephesus where women were in um, absolute authority over men and um, this sort of this deity, uh, this deity goddess worship thing. And so men were um, forgetting their God given abilities and talents and, and uh, who they were created to be. And so Paul's saying in that culture, in there, I, I just tell him to be quiet. And likely there were some contentious women, because later Paul will talk about people who, are, who talk about endless wives' tales. It's gonna go, that'll be later on in chapter, I think, uh, four or five. And so there was a, the women in Ephesus were confusing true worship of Jesus. And men weren't helping either because they were sort of uh, relinquishing their role in the church. So Paul will say, Verse 13, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. Why, why is he saying all this? He's saying all this. Not He's not just trying to, you know, push a, 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 a male chauvinist agenda. He's doing this because he's trying to reverse the balance. He's pushing it because he wants to reverse the balance. Because that culture, they had been inundated with uh, the elevation of femininity and the devaluation of masculinity. And so Paul's saying, Let's let's relook at the story again. We got to re-elevate the importance of masculinity. For Adam was not for Adam was formed first, then Eve. Okay, not Artemis, Artemis, not her, not Diana. Adam was created first, then Eve. And Adam was not the one deceived. It was the it was it was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. This is a direct challenge to the lie that was taught in the temple of Artemis, which was that sin came through men and not women. Paul's saying, wait, 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 if you go, no, go back to the biblical story. The woman was deceived. And, and the, the man, you know, basically opted out of his responsibility. <laughs> and watch this. Now, this, this is one of the most confusing passages in the entire Bible. Um, it makes a little bit more sense knowing the context of Artemis, who was the goddess of childbearing and fertility uh, and reproduction. Uh, but still very confusing uh, passage. But woman will be saved through, ch through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. Now, again, there's no way this means that you get saved by having babies. There ain't no way that means that. There's nowhere in the Bible that message is consistent. We are saved by faith in Jesus. We're saved by grace through faith. We're not saved by, a man's not saved by working hard. A woman's not saved by having babies. No, 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 no. But women will be saved through childbearing. So, I, so what I think, this is what I think. I think this is a, this is a little bit of sarcasm because people would go to Artemis for, uh, to, to have, to have children for, to be, to be fertile. And so that's what they wanted. They wanted to have children. And so they would go to Artemis to, you know, the goddess of fertility. And so what Paul is saying, saying women will be saved by through childbearing if, if they continue in faith, love, and holiness. The, the most important part is the faith, love, and holiness. Yeah, childbearing alone is not going to save you. But if it's accompanied with faith, love, and holiness with propriety, yes, 
In other words, with the fruit of the Spirit, with the relationship with Jesus. And some translations say, um, not some translations, some scholars believe that this is a reference to um, the birth of Jesus. You will be saved by childbearing, but not the child that you bear, but the child that was born for you, namely the man Christ Jesus. <laughs> you will be saved through chi- the, through the childbearing. The article is there through the cha- through the childbearing. Which childbearing? Jesus, the childbearing, the son of Mary. <laughs> if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. All right. Very interesting passage. Very interesting passage. It'll give you lots of food for thought. Uh, hopefully that helped unpack some of it for discernment and uh, kind of understanding a little bit. Uh, I don't mean to to say it, it erases all the questions or or or, uh, or confusion, but maybe that'll help bring bring a little bit of light and perspective um, to it. Um, one of the most important verses in that entire chapter, I think, is verse five. For there is one. God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus. There's no saint that is between you and God. There's no other person is between you and God. There's one mediator between me and God, between you and God, and it's who? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's the man, Christ Jesus. All right, you guys. Hey, let's pray. Let's pray. Thanks for being on today. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for um, speaking to us, Lord, and um Lord, there are things we don't understand. There are things that confuse us. There are things about the word of God sometimes that frustrate us, that stump us. But we trust you. We trust the Holy Spirit. We trust the inspiration of the word of God. And we know that there is truth and it's uh, important for us to hear, Lord. And so, Lord, we we pray for our men. We pray, Lord, that, that we as men would step up that we would lead, that we would worship, that we would be bold in our prayers and in our uh, expressions of devotion to you, God. Lord, for guys in our lives, maybe sons or, or uncles or fathers, Lord, we pray that they would be bold in their faith or that they would kick it into gear and start leading and start worshiping and taking faith seriously. Lord, that you would grab their hearts and help them to see the importance of their role, not to abdicate responsibility to others, but to take it and lead for your glory. Lord, we thank you for the women in our lives and Lord, for women who, um, Lord, love you and are devoted to you and serve you with a whole heart. Lord, we pray you'd bless them, Lord. We pray that our worship, that their worship would be in propriety and decently and in order and would not be preoccupied by how do I look and what do people think of me and what will they think of me, but be more directed toward you and giving devotion and worship to you. Most of all, Lord, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we pray that our worship is acceptable and honorable to you so that men and women everywhere can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for my friends today. I pray your blessing upon them. I pray you would encourage them and strengthen them. Some have very specific needs that they have today. I pray that you would meet those needs according to your riches in Christ. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for a chance to laugh together, to learn together, to grow together. And we hope, we pray that it helps each of us become more like your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you guys for being on today. Hope you guys will be back tomorrow as we talk 
about Christian leadership, chapter four or chapter three. And uh, we'll jump into that tomorrow. Thank you guys for being on. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.